Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for starting the weekend with us. Here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get your podcast from, we appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie. Be a little odd. I'm, 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 I'm trying to decide. Oh, I don't think we've done this, and it'll be funny. If Brupolo was in Bruce. Bruce. Yes. Yes. Calhoun County, stand up. Been through Bruce many a time on my way up to Oxford. So The Trojans. Yeah, yeah. Used to be a dominant force in two-way football. Yeah. Anyway. Not anymore. Nah, not, not so much anymore. Home of uh, Jay Johnson. Jay Johnson. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jay Johnson and Armani. Armani, Linton. Linton. Yeah. Armani was from Walnut. Walnut, yeah. He's still on the roster, isn't he? No, he's. I think he's working at a bar in Oxford. Okay. Well, like maybe the library or something. Oh, well, then we got some mutual friends there, I guess, is what you would say. <laughs> All right. Well, wherever you are in our fine state, <clears throat> want Strange Brew Coffee every morning. And you can't make it to Starkville or to Tupelo. So order it to be shipped to your house, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They've got all the great varieties of coffee that are available every day at the uh, the coffee houses. And, of course, all their hot chocolates, some baked goods, things like that. They, not, they don't ship you the baked goods. You can They send you the stuff to make the baked goods. You, you see what I'm getting at. It's all right there at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. Check them out at two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. You can uh, you can find them at, by Fleet Feet in Ridgeland. You can find them by the Half Shell in uh, Flowood, or you can always just shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Whatever you're looking for this holiday season for the Bulldog fan in your life, you'll find it at College Corner. Humble Taco, Starville's best Mexican restaurant Friday night. I think Friday night's been the last night where it's not just bitter cold for a little while. That means you need to hit the humble taco patio. Get out there, get some chips and salsa, get some tacos, get a margarita, and enjoy yourself this game day weekend. Only two game day weekends left here in the city of Starkville. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta to treasure it. You For gotta the love treasure of God. it. For the love of God, treasure it. Don't you ever, Don't you ever say that again. So, humble taco, tacos like you can't get anywhere else. It's Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Uh, <laughs> Today is Veterans Day. I think they're doing a fundraiser or they're doing some sort of donation at uh, at Firehouse Sub. So check that out. Donate to our, our great veterans out there. And of course, any day is a great day to grab lunch at Firehouse Subs. Download the free Firehouse Subs app. Place your order 
right there. It's ready within minutes. And when you pick up the sandwich, you also pick up a lot of reward points, more than just about any other app out there. Location, Starkville and Oxford, Columbus, Tupelo, Fluid, and Madison. That is Firehouse Subs. It's Friday. It means we're doing the three Ps here on Thunder and Lightning. Mississippi State versus Georgia. Going to try to keep it positive, Robbie, right up until the end. <laughs> right we'll see how that goes. Prediction. So we'll see how that goes. I was thinking about something today, and, and I, I think I'm right. You tell me if I'm not, but I'm pretty sure I am. I think people are still just mad about the Kentucky game. Like you can you could you could accept having Auburn come back and play hard against you and it was a tough game if you had just beaten Kentucky and you were, you know, seven and two right this second. Oh yeah. I think people are thrilled going. I mean, coming into this game at seven and two, I, you're probably having some people start saying, I don't know now. This could be this could be an upset. You know, there there's somebody out there that would that would probably be saying that. But I agree. I that agree. One loss Might be us. is like, yeah. I mean, that one loss I think is really like, it's just put a thorn in everybody's uh, paw coming into this game. And um, the reality is, I mean, to me, State's still the same team um, as they were. I mean, I, I nothing has changed in my mind where Mississippi State is now, where they were at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, from a prediction standpoint. Somehow I am right on the money up until this point. You know, I, I said State would lose to LSU, Kentucky, and uh, and Alabama preseason. I did change that Kentucky prediction. I was wrong to do so. Um, but that game is like you like you said, the, the thorn in the paw is is the right analogy. I think it's just annoying you, and there's no way to get around it. And and it has tainted everything else because not only did you lose, but you played so poorly in that game. Again, I think if you had gone up to Kentucky, and let's just say Will Levis had looked like a top-five draft choice and just been dropping bombs, and he and Rodgers had just gone back and forth, and Kentucky just got the last possession and won. I don't think it's as bad as you could not move the football at all. I did a little deeper research into State's running woes. You know, I, I mentioned it the other day, I think. On, I know I did on Sports Talk Mississippi. I think I mentioned it on this podcast as well that in the Texas A&M game, State had 36 carries by running backs. Since then, those three games since, they've had 38 carries combined by running backs. State has rushed for 98 yards in the last three games total after 164 yards against against, uh, Arkansas. It really is something to look at how good State was offensively in those two games, Texas A&M and Arkansas. And how it looked like, I mean, they were 5-1 and one at the time, and it looked like, okay, this team is really moving forward. They're really, you know, Leach has found the balance in the running game. Robbie, am I just to believe that a simple defensive adjustment has taken this offense completely out of whack? Because as somebody who, you know, I'm not a coach, and I don't know as much about football as those coaches do. I'll admit to that. But I refuse to believe that simply they're bringing an extra guy into the box has taken this offense and made it completely unwatchable. Yeah, I mean, I I, th- I do think there's something to that. I think there's they're seeing something defensively, and they think in their mind we cannot run the football. Mm-hmm. And State has seen some of those looks this year and run the football and still been relatively successful. Uh, it's not like you know the only time they've run the football has been against three man boxes mm-hmm. or, or five man boxes. Um, so I you know I don't really understand why. You just completely abandon it. I, I don't think that that's the. I don't think that's going to solve anything. 
Uh, you might not be able to run the football against that kind of look. You, you might pick up one or, one or two yards of rush, but at least you've shown the ability to, to try to run the football to see if you can change some things up and, and open up the offense a little bit more. Just simply dropping back and, and throwing 60 times is not going to do anything against defenses in this league that have a pulse. You could do it against Arkansas this year. You could do it against probably Vanderbilt, teams like that. But against teams that can actually get after you and that can neutralize what you do, you can't do it. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna work. So I, I don't know if there's gonna be any kind of production from the running game against a defense like this on Saturday. My guess is it's gonna be extremely difficult to run the football. But if you're dropping back and passing at sixty times, I, I just don't think that you have any shot whatsoever and it, it, again it, it's not as much about being able to successfully run the football as just being able to show that you're willing to run the football at times you know that you're you know, that every play is not a drop back this is an outstanding georgia defensive line and if you give them the opportunity and you start making it clear that you're going to pass on every play if you run 24 straight passes on georgia the way you did on auburn will rogers is going to be in danger because Jalen Carter and, the, and that group, they're coming after you big time. So State has to be – they just have to be. If they're not, Robbie, this game is going to get out of hand pretty quickly. There's no doubt. I, I just – I don't know the best way to attack this defense with Mississippi State's offense. Um, I mean, it's easy for us to say you have to just come out and establish a run. I mean, that's going to be very difficult to do. But like I said, at the same time, I, mean, I, I just don't think that you can simply drop back and throw it as many times as Mississippi State's been throwing it and believe that you can have any kind of success because these guys can guard one-on-one. They can tackle well in space. So it's, it's not going to be one of those things where you can get a guy out in, in space somewhere and feel like you can pick up a chunk of yards. It's going to be difficult. Um, and they had some success against Georgia a couple years ago with this offense kind of doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if it was because Georgia got kind of lax out there and thought they were going to r- run through Mississippi State in that game or what. But State did have some success in, in man coverage. <clears throat> and maybe they can uh, have some success in this game as well. But I just feel like, you know, at some point you're going to have to just say, you know what, this is going to be hard, but we're, we've got to run the football a little bit. Mm-hmm to try to get something. I mean, you have guys now in Jaquavis Marsh and Dylan Johnson that they can shed some tackles. I, I don't see them just getting hit at the line of scrimmage all day on Saturday and not picking up any yardage. If you can pick up four yards, four or five yards, that's going to go a long way. Just soften up the defense just enough to open up some of these big pass plays. I, I just I haven't really been able to grasp why they've gone away from the run so drastically. They had ten carries against Kentucky. I thought they ran it a little more against Bama, and I think I think the offense got out of sorts a little bit when Jaquavis Marks went out of that game because you're having to put all of your kind of all the weight now on Simeon Price at that point. Mm-hmm. And then last week, I don't remember how many times they ran it. You might know off the top of your head with just a design run seven. Seven times? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. No, like 10, you're not, 10 total, 10. Not much better. So yeah. two games, Kentucky and Auburn, two of their worst offensive games this year, they ran it 10 times each. 
Yeah. Like I said, 38 carries total for the running backs in the last three games. I mean, there is a there is a consistent trend between Mississippi State being hard to watch on offense and not running the football. Yeah. yeah. This year, when they've been at their best, it hasn't been just because they've been playing bad defenses. It's been because they've been running the football, trying to establish a running game, and playing with tempo. And, you know, I think there was a thread on the board yesterday talking about you know, if somebody could kind of break down the numbers for Mississippi State, I would love to see Mississippi State's effectiveness offensively with tempo. I don't know if there's some kind of advanced analytics for that. I, w- I want to see how good their offense is when they're running with tempo and how good it is whenever they're running the football, I don't know, four or five times, five, six times in a possession. Yeah. I mean, it, it's obviously going to be different. And the analytics would skew towards what what we're trying to get across here. It's it's almost bizarre. Like I don't know the right word to use in, in terms of this was working really really well. So let's get completely away from it. And now it's that's not working at all. But we're going to stick with that. It 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 boggles the mind. On the other side of the ball, defensively, I agree with some of the stuff that was being said on twenty four seven that there's like this idea that states a really good run defense. They're, they're really not that great. Statistically, they aren't. And I know we can talk about mobile quarterbacks or whatever, but you know, Tank Bigsby had an, a nice game last week. Obviously, we saw what Chris Rodriguez did to them. Yeah. I, I think now, I, I do know that a lot of these yards are coming later in the game when they are being, you know, sort of hung out to dry by the offense, not being able to stay on the field, and they're just having to, you know, get back on the field quickly. I get that. But I don't know what the strength of this defense is nine games into the season. Here's what I will say about this defense, and I fully believe this. I think this defense in the first half is one of the better defenses in the SEC, Mm -hmm. and that includes against the run. Mm -hmm. I don't think think that this staff is doing their defense any favors by the lack of substitutions. I think that they're wearing this defense down, and by the end of the game, they're vulnerable and they're susceptible to big plays. Um, I haven't been able to – I haven't broken down game by game what teams have done in the first half. This is just – and I could be completely wrong on this, but this is just going on, you know, my gut, is that Mississippi State comes out of the gates hot Mm -hmm. and they're not getting enough – rest for those starters and they're just kind of at the end of the game they're gassed i mean look at that what what happened last week yeah and, and auburn had not done anything in the in the first half offensively and part of that is on mississippi state because as we said throughout the season they have not done a great job of rotating guys in and out especially yeah. at the linebacker position they really just kind of play play four or five guys i mean jp purpose was great when uh when Deshaun Page was out, and then you know you had uh, Nathan Nathaniel Watson was out for a half, and we all mm. marveled at JP Purvis, and then you really haven't seen much of him these past few weeks. No, and look, all right, so let's go through this real quick. Memphis, three points for Memphis in the first half. Mm-hmm. They scored twenty in the second half. Right, and I know and it's a weird second half too. Yeah, and I think they had like. 40-something yards of offense or something in the first half, something like yeah. really low. Uh, Arizona, they scored on the first possession, and then they scored three points in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. State was really good defensively in that first half outside of that first possession. 
And I thought State was okay in the second half, too. Um, LSU, they had nothing until that final possession of the first half. Right. They scored 24 points in the second half. Yeah. Um, looking at A&M, no points in the first half, 24 in the second half. Mm-hmm. Arkansas, they had 10 points in the first half, seven in the second, second half. So I don't know if that really – That's the one. Uh, but, but Kentucky did nothing on offense until the second half. Mm-hmm. They kicked the field goal in the final possession. They didn't do anything. Alabama is, is one of those that I thought they were better in the second half. And then you look at the Auburn game, Auburn had six points in the first half. And then they scored 27 in the, in the second. So, to me, just my gut, these players are not being subbed out quite enough to allow some of those other guys to give them a rest. Mm-hmm. And it's like you said, I mean, where's J.P. Purvis? Mm-hmm. Where, where are some of these? I don't, John Lewis and Ty I Cooper. I feel like we're seeing uh, Ty Cooper, I think, is redshirting, but where's John Lewis? Yeah. Uh, where, I don't know how much we're seeing uh, Nathan Pickering. Yeah. You know, where, where are these guys? Why are they not getting more playing time? Yeah. And all that does to me is it wears your defense down, and by the second half, you're susceptible to these big plays. And that's not a good recipe for a team like Georgia, who has one of the most physical offensive lines in the country mm-hmm. that is going to wear on this defense. And they have a physical running game. They have physical uh, wide receivers and tight ends. State's got to find a way to get more bodies in there. And also, look, moving forward, I mean, you've got to have these guys ready. I don't know if you want to play Travion Williams anymore because you're probably going to redshirt him and maybe the same thing for Don Terry Russell. But, you know, some of these guys have got to get in the game because you're about to lose the bulk of your defensive line. You're going to lose some of these safeties. You know, some of these safeties and cornerbacks, they need to be getting playing time. Marcus Banks needs to be on the field. So at some point, they've got to get a handle on that and rotate those guys a little more liberally than they are right now because – to me, it just feels like they're starting to wear a little bit when, when you get into the second half of the ball game. But I think they come out of the gates hot, and I don't think that the numbers really do this defense justice because I think they're better than what the numbers say they are. Well, they're going to have to be better than what the numbers say they are Saturday night with, with Georgia coming in. You know, Stetson Bennett, we talked about it before, veteran quarterback. There's no fooling him. There's no, there's no putting out schemes that he hasn't seen. So, I mean, I, I feel like Georgia's going to have some success offense, but I'm not really sure what kind of game best benefits Mississippi State. In your opinion, do you think State's better off if they can keep the score in the 20s, or can State get into a shootout with them if the offense does what it's supposed to do? I think you want to keep it low scoring because the odds of you winning winning the game when the score is lower mathematically are higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think Georgia's comfortable doing either. I, I think they can they can have a ugly ball game where their defense kind of strangles you, and the offense is is able to run the football and and kind of possess the ball and things like that and kind of wear on you. Mm-hmm. Or they can get in a shootout. These guys can put up some points too. I mean, this is not. I mean, this team is not inept on the offensive side of the ball. They can actually throw the football around as well as anybody in the conference. So, you know, I, I feel like State needs to make this ugly. It feels like this needs to be a game where you know your your defense is forcing turnovers. Maybe you're holding them to field goals, things like that. Because I don't feel confident enough in this offense being able to uh, 
have a ton of success against Georgia's defense consistently to get in a shootout. Yeah, there, there definitely is a, a an air of you, you're going to need Georgia to make a couple of, of big mistakes, not just little mistakes, you know, big mistakes, throwing to Emmanuel Forbes where he can get it back into the end zone or kicking yeah. off to Lou Griffin where he can get it. And, and when I say mistakes, you know, we're, I'm not asking for, you know, we're not asking for Chad Kelly to, uh, oh, God, what was his name? I can't remember. But you, you know the play I'm talking about it with Alabama. Was it Seattle you know, Bayo or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're talking about, you know, just like I said, a simple interception, a, a kickoff that doesn't quite make it to the end zone. And that allows state state's best players to get their the hands on the ball in a situation where that can be beneficial. You I know? think you're going to have to have like some of those hidden yards, hidden mm-hmm. points. Agreed. From the defense and special teams. Agreed. We'll see what happens there. I, I, this is this is a game where I, I agree with what you said at the beginning of this pod, that if state had beaten Kentucky, you could talk me into an upset here. You really could. Seven and two, you're probably ranked in the top 15. Huge crowd, excited, you know, night game. Everything would have been in place. It, it might have helped. I know there's a, a thread about it on 24-7. I don't agree with the premise of it in the situation we're in. But if State had been seven and two, the 2017 Alabama vibes would have been good, right? Mm-hmm. The situation where you could maybe up, get an upset. I, I just don't see it here with, with this group. I, I just don't. I just don't trust the offense to do the right things now. You know, it's been three games in a row where they have just abandoned the running game. And if they're going to do that, they just they, they don't have much of a chance in this one. I, I just don't see it. So let's move on into our playmakers and predictions. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it is what's for dinner. This weekend, it's going to be cold. It's going to be really cold. So what, what should you do? You should break out. The big Dutch oven, break out the big pots and pans and, and 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 make a stew, make a soup, make some chili, make some lasagna, maybe. You know what I'm saying? So, and the best way to do that is to start with beef. It's the ingredient that makes everything else around it work and taste better. Head to your grocery stores, head to your butcher shops, and pick up some beef. Not only are you helping your family, you're helping our Mississippi beef providers, 15,000 of them to nearly a half billion dollars worth of agribusiness every year in the state of Mississippi. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. If you're out about this weekend, I don't even need to tell you that you need to go to Two Brothers. Great place. Don't worry about sitting on the patio when it's cold outside. They've got the heats out, the heat, the heats. You got the heaters out there. <laughs> what's with the wind tunnel, Hank? You got the prickly heats? Uh, anyway, they got the heaters out there. Keep you warm, and of course... The food is always fantastic. That's the end. We talk about restaurants all the time. We're like, oh, they do this and do that. At the end of the day, the food doesn't taste good. You don't go to the restaurant. The food tastes good at Two Brothers each and every time that you go. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District, the home of Smoke Southern Soul Food. Great products, great service. Every business offers it. Uh, I'm sorry, every business offers it. Yeah. Who delivers on it? Advantage Business Systems does, and I can prove it. How long have they been open? 47-plus years. Guys, that's all the information that you need. They take care of you each and every time that you call. So when you need new products for your business, cop- copiers or printers, computers, laptops, call Advantage Business Systems. And then when the uh, the sale is made and you need service, you're talking to the same guy you talked to before. That's the difference that Advantage Business Systems gives you. Call them today at 601-362-9192. Or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. 
it's getting close to the holidays. You got to get something for dad. You need to go shop at the Rogue. Shop the Rogue's collegiate collection. Mississippi State polos, quarter zips, great stuff, quality products, and the logos that dad wants. He doesn't want a logo on his shirt that is covering up his entire shirt. He's not looking for, you know, a banner M from one sleeve to the other. That's not what he wants. He wants a nice, simple maroon or white polo with a simple, small, understated logo. That's what everybody wants. The Rogue has them. Shop at The Rogue in Jackson. Check out therogue.com or look check them out on Instagram, The Rogue JXN. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at The Rogue. Robbie, who you got for an offensive playmaker in this one? He showed it a little bit last week on the offense, but especially on special teams. I'm going with Tulu. Okay. Uh, he, he, he's shown up in some big games over the years with some big plays. And I just feel like he's – after last week, what we saw, I feel like there might be a, a little more of a force feed to him this week, trying to get him the ball, trying to, to get him out in space. And he's one of those that he's – he's a player that you have to have against a team like this that can actually match up with some of these five-star recruits from an athleticism standpoint. Right. And I think that he's going to make some big plays in this game. Uh, he's going to break off a couple of big uh, pass catches – and I think probably, you know, 80-something yards receiving. Maybe he can get a touchdown. Maybe he can get a big uh, kick return, maybe a punt return. I don't know. But I'm going with Tulu. The great thing about Tulu is he doesn't have to ha- – I would like to see him get more touches. But he's a guy who can maximize what he gets. You know, yeah. If he only gets six touches, almost guaranteed that one of those six is a big play. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, a, that's a good choice. For me, I am willing this into existence at this point. I think this is the third week in a row I've said it. But Jaquavius Marks, they've got to run the football, Robbie. If they don't run the football, it doesn't matter who I pick. Pick whoever I want, and it's not going to happen. They have to be able to run the football and run it effectively. I don't know what Dylan Johnson is going to give them this week. I'm hopeful he can be more of a factor than he was a week ago. But they have got to put the ball on the ground. I'm sorry, they have to run the ball, run on the ground, do those things, and that is going to open everything else up. You have to be willing to do it. If you're not, you might as well just you – you can just stay home Saturday. You don't need to play this one. So, Jaquavius Marks, double-digit carries in this game for him. He's got to be a much bigger factor in this game. What do you got defensively? Uh, I'm going with Tyrus Weed on the defensive side. Again, kind of like Tulu. I mean, he's one of those that can be a difference maker in a game like this and had a great game last week. I thought he was a guy that uh, is a you know SEC defensive player of the week, uh, and I I, I, thought, I thought that he all season he's kind of affected things whether or not he's in the stat sheet. But last week he made the big plays that did show up in the stat sheet. I think he's going to do that again this week. For me, Robbie, I'm going with Emmanuel Forbes just because Emmanuel Forbes to me is the guy that, as far as talent goes, stacks up with Georgia. He's the best player on that defense. Looks like he's back at practice this week. They're going to need him to make a play. We talked about Tulu a minute ago. Emmanuel Forbes is sort of the same way, right? They're not going to throw many passes at him, but all he needs is one. All he needs is one, and he can make a big play. I feel like we're picking three X factors almost, because I don't trust any one player to just go out there and impose their will upon the game. Yeah, But Forbes is that guy from Mississippi State. Who is your X factor? I would like to go with fours, but I just don't know how healthy he's going to be on Saturday. I'm going to surprise you a little bit. I think Sean Preston might be a guy. That's interesting. 
he can, you know, kind of like Tulu and, and Tyrus, I'm staying on that same theme and guys that can kind of match some of what Georgia does. And he can match that physicality. He's going to come in there and, and, you know, put his head down and and make a big play in the backfield, defending the run or something. He can make a big play across the middle of the field with a big hit, might even get an interception. I think he's going to make a big play on, on Saturday. And he's had a couple of good games in a row, too, at safety. I'm trying to think. I may go this – I think I'm going, to st- I'm going to stick with this theme we have working here, right, that it's it, it's about finding a couple plays here and there. We talked about the running game earlier, but another thing I believe in this game that Will Rogers has to throw up some 50-50 balls and give his guys some opportunities, Ra-Ra Thomas is that guy, right? Ra-Ra Thomas on the 50-50 ball, he can physically match up with Georgia's corners. you got to give him some opportunities. So, you know, last week he had two touchdown catches, really had some big plays. He's had some big plays this year. I'm gonna go with Ra Ra. He has to deliver for Mississippi State. He has to. He has to get in the end zone at least once on, on Saturday. What's your prediction? Uh, I've been saying all week. I think State can play a much better game than people think they can, and I think that they keep this close going into the fourth quarter. But I still think that Georgia is going to be just too much in the end. I've got Georgia twenty-seven fourteen. Oof! You've got a much closer game than I do. Uh, I just I just don't trust this offense, and I feel like we're going to see sort of a similar situation where maybe it's close, close-ish, and then the, the dam breaks because State just can't get off the field. I've got it Georgia 42-17. I just, I just don't have a lot of faith in this one. Um, so we'll see what happens. But like you said, if, if they had beaten Kentucky, this might be a totally different podcast. We might, I, might, I might have been talked into to picking an upset, but as it is, I just don't trust State to do the right things offensively. I just feel like they're going to go out there and they're going to throw the ball 60 times and not run it, and Georgia's going to eat that alive, and that's where you're going to end up. So We shall see. Saturday night, Davis Wade Stadium. It's going to be cold. Wear a jacket. Don't worry about what color it is. Just wear a jacket. Just just keep yourself warm, and it'll be fine. Uh, And then, Robbie, and I'll be back with you uh, Sunday evening. And maybe if you get lucky, maybe it'll be Sunday afternoon. We shall see. Uh, Until then, though. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.